This is Boring Conversation Anyway, a Star Wars podcast, brought to you by the guys at flyguy.net, dbsw.net, and youtube.com slash sithlord229. Don't forget to check out dorksidetoys.com, Marvel, G.I. Joe, Star Wars, and more. Brought to you by bigbadtoystore.com, thousands of toys and cool collectibles shipping worldwide. Make sure you check out bigbadtoystore.com. Also sponsored by chowrontoys.com, all new and hard to find Lego. Uh, everything's under control, situation normal. Anyway, episode 45. We've got some special guests today. Uh, well, one special guest, but uh, joining us as usual from the American side of the pond is Mr. DBSW. Hello in the house. How's it going, guys? Good, good. How's the weather and things in life there today, even though it's winter? Is it cold? It's cold today. It's been really nice and sunny all week, and uh, I've been working on my tan, but it's cloudy and foggy. But that's what happens on the beach in Northern California. <laughs> Good, good. Uh, joining us also from the UK, as usual, is Mr. Sithlord229 with his uh, Starbucks cuppa. Yep. And Irish whiskey. Yep. Irish Over. coffee, is it? Irish coffee. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Talking of Irish, we have someone who has a bit of uh, Irish in the name. Uh, if you don't know who this guy is and you've not been given away if you're watching the video version, you can see the little logo there. Um, this guy is currently the production director for Chicago's 95.9, The River. He's also the audio director for uh, some compute, commuter, I should say, advertising in Chicago. And if you get on one of the buses, you'll maybe hear uh, the voice of Slater's Burgers uh, is done by this guy. And uh, he's a very slick radio guy, this guy. Also, he's the Snyder Remarks radio co-host. Hopefully, you're getting the picture of who this guy is. Uh, his wife, by the way, also calls him an audio Nazi because he's an audio whiz, this guy. Uh, he loves Star Wars, so much so this guy has a Rebel Legion uh, Insignia on his tooth. Uh, he is also an ex-Force Cast um, uh, individual uh, co-host, and also in a Republic Forces radio. Look, it's pretty obvious who this is. Hopefully, to Star Wars fans, Mr. Jimmy Mack. Thanks for joining us. That's a great intro. Actually, the name of the, show is, the, the, the name of the show is Rebel Force Radio. Rebel Force Radio. Rebel who Force. Who would you call it? Rebel Forces Radio. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just it, I think Dave Filoni uh, calls yeah, it. Yeah, even Filoni called yeah, it that yeah. way. But, uh, we're, but we're, we're not part of the Republic. No way, Jose. We are definitely rebels. We are the rebellion. We are the radio rebellion happening for Star Wars. Yeah, I love the name, and the logo is brilliant. Mm. The logo is brilliant because the guy who made the logo is brilliant, a guy named Paul Bateman. He's a protege of the late, great Ralph McQuarrie, concept artist for the original Star Wars trilogy. Paul Bateman is a very gifted artist. As a matter of fact, you can see his artwork in this month's uh, issue of Star Wars Insider. I think it's 139. It just hit the stands, and uh, Paul did some illustrations, some great artwork for the radio play that I produced at Star Wars Celebration called Smuggler's Gambit, which was directed by Cal Newman and co-written by F.J. DeSanto. To great buddies of mine and Paul's uh, part of our circle as well and and so Paul you know did some amazing artwork and you can see it in Star Wars Insider the the current edition out there now 
that's his work then, the, the, the cover image that I've been seeing floating around for that? Okay, so the Rebel Force Radio uh, logo was done by Paul and all right, the artwork right. for... Uh, for Smuggler's Gambit. Yeah, he's been putting it up on Facebook, too. So uh, just little peeks at uh, his paintings of Han Solo and Chewie, the Millennium Falcon, Prince Shizor, the list goes on and on. Paul can really capture what makes these characters so special. It's very cool. And you guys got a cool logo, too. It's Han and Chewie. And, uh, Thank you. Thank you. Those are some about? of my toys. That's, those, are, those are my toys. Yeah. Oh, and, and so that's a, you took that picture. That's great. That looks Yeah, fantastic. thank you. So you, now, I don't want to pronounce your surname because I'm going to murder it, Jimmy. You're happy being called Jimmy Mack. I guess that's how you're known. But your surname, a little bit of Irish in there. Yeah, yeah, McInerney, actually. McInerney. Um, yeah. <laughs> my 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 family, um, my ancestors are uh, from uh, um, County of Cork, and um, you know some of my cousins have gone back and checked out. Uh, the homeland, so to speak, and there is uh, still a, a corner store there called McInerney and Company, and uh, that's that's pretty interesting to think that you know, I still have family living and and thriving in uh, Ireland. I, someday I, I hope to go there. Excellent. Yeah. Well, we, thank you for joining us again. And one of the things we wanted to do was just learn a little bit more about you, the show, your background, things you've done in the past. So. Um, First thing we just wanted to ask you was, we know your career in radio, and the, the, obviously you're, you're kind of uh, a big part of uh, radio in Chicago, by the sounds of it, but um, had you done a podcast before the Forcecast kicked off? Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Um, no. I did do a Star Wars radio special when Revenge of the Sith was released back in 2005 for the station I was with, uh, CBS Radio's WCKG in Chicago, and... That was a lot of fun, and that was sort of my entry into doing full-on Star Wars broadcasting of any way, shape, and form. But after Revenge of the Sith came and went, there was no mainstream desire from media to do Star Wars stories because, let's face it, nothing was going on. So then I discovered podcasting after initially being snooty about it, saying, no, I do broadcast radio. Podcasting's for amateurs. I won't touch that with a 10-foot pole. But I, I, I got into it. I got into it, and the way I got into it was I was listening to the Forcecast when it, was, when it first came out back uh, in fall 2006. I listened to the first couple months of shows hosted by Jason Swank, who is still my current co-host and someone who regrets not being able to join us for this interview, but he has a young family that he has to spend time with on the weekends, and of course he loves it, and they're happy and healthy, and uh, you know, he just has a, he had a baby boy a few months ago, and uh, so... So the wife's back at work, Jason's at home being Mr. Mom, he's got the hands full, and, <laughs> and um... And uh, but you know he's just he's just a great guy and someone I really love working with. The other co-host at the time was a guy named Pete Nadel, who's also a very good friend of mine. And uh, I got to know them just by simply listening and saying, "Wow, these guys sound great. They have really good rhythm, good chemistry. I think I know what they want their show to be like, but they're just not quite there yet. Maybe if I help them out." they'll be able to get to where they want to go. So I just started offering help, and they took me on board based on listening to the audio I did for that Star Wars radio special in 2005. They said, wow, you know, this guy can probably bring something to the show. And so I sort of segued into a producer's role. 
I would look over their show notes and you know offer suggestions, give them audio sound bites, uh, perhaps book a guest, what have you, because I knew the ins and outs of that, being a radio producer for years and working on some very high-profile radio shows here in Chicago as an executive producer. And but my real love when it comes to radio is the audio production. I really love to just spend my whole day in a studio coming up with creative sounds and to have the opportunity to now do that with Star Wars and make a contribution to the fan community was just great for me because it was combining two of my passions audio production and Star Wars so as time went on I started hosting a lot of my own shows interview specials music specials you name it occasionally sitting in on the main show when a co-host was needed but then around summer of 2008 Pete Nadel had made it clear to us that he was getting married and starting up a family of his own, and he wanted to step back from podcasting. So after a little bit of back and forth and considering the future of the forecast, we actually even considered stopping doing it when Pete was leaving. Um, it was uh, Jason just indicated to me he would feel really comfortable if I was in the co-host chair. He never asked me, but I just was I was picking up hints from him and. I was trying to convince him just to go on solo, saying, Jason, I could listen to you talk Star Wars all day, just you. But he said, no, no, I really need you. I really need to bounce things off someone. And, and so I, I, I said, you know what, fine, I'll do it. I'll do it. We won't make any big announcement about it. There'll be no, you know, nothing about it. We'll just, Pete will be done, and then I'll be there with you, and we'll just move forward. And, you know, that's a lot better than stopping the show. We expected people might be thrown off by that a little bit, and there might be a transition period, and there was for me, too. There really was for me, too, to, to sort of get comfortable in that role. It took really a, 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 about four months before I really started feeling comfortable in that role because Pete had done just such a great job co-hosting, and he was, people loved him. So I knew that there were big shoes for me to fill, and uh, it, it wasn't until about February 2009, after I'd been part of the show now for four or five months, um, we met up in Columbus, Ohio for Kyle Newman's Fanboys premiere. And that was the first time me and Jason actually did podcasting together in the same room, and we had a really good time. And that's what sort of established us connecting together as broadcasters and finding that rhythm. You guys know. You guys do great shows all the time. It, it wouldn't be good if you guys didn't have a rhythm, just a natural flow exactly. to things. And, and sometimes it's there, but you just don't know how to uncork it. But when you finally do, then the wine starts flowing, you know, and it's good times <laughs> for all. Everyone gets buzzed and we're having a blast. So that was, you know, that was five years ago. And, uh, and uh, you know, we've, we've decided now uh, the Force cast, uh, it, it, it was a, a great run for us. We spent... Uh, a long time with the force.net and rebelscum.com as our affiliates are our, our, you know they, they were our family and we still consider them to be our family we want nothing but the best for those guys but it, it gets to a point where you sort of outgrow things and you mm -hmm. want to move forward and say hey listen let's try to do this on our own and with it you know becoming a new year 2013 uh, we just got the announcement at the end of 2012 that there's new Star Wars on the horizon it's gonna be back in the theaters yeah, yeah. and and it's just a a rebirth for not only the franchise but I think for fandom in general this is time mm -hmm. to you know for, for for fandom just to cut the fat let's get rid of all the negatives that have been around the sequel all these people have these opinions on George Lucas and all that well guess what 
now we're doing, we're moving forward. We're going to the sequels. George is out of the picture. Uh, love him or hate him. I, I personally am a, a huge George Lucas fan, supporter, and student. But you know, I understand. I under, I hear the criticisms just like everyone else, and so I see a fresh start for Star Wars, and I see a fresh start for Star Wars fandom and podcasting. So we thought this is the time. Let's take control of everything that has to do with our Star Wars podcasting future and branch out on our own. And it's been a breath of fresh air ever since we did that. I'm really glad you guys have. I, I, it's mm. it's really refreshing, and I feel like you're much more engaged with the fans than you had been before. Uh, I never would have thought that I would have gotten to chat with you like I am right now uh, while you were on the Forcecast. Um, oh. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoy the new show. And like you said, if, you know, podcast is for amateurs, I think you guys have really stepped up the uh, the professional level of podcasting. Uh, you've really yeah, brought it, do. Do. You know, brought, it, it set the bar it, pretty high. Well, thank you. Thank I think you. It, it was really evident, I think, Jason, uh, sorry, Jason, Jimmy, uh, <laughs> even though Jason's already... Um, the very first shows, I think, as you said, I remember there was nothing out there. What and I always used to call it the dark times. There was just nothing in Star Wars, and the Force Cast came came across, and uh, Pete was basically the single voice. He did the entire show himself. That was just him speaking. So no, actually, um, the first incarnation was back in two thousand five. A guy named Eric Blythe, who I think is still yeah, active. My apologies. He, he, I think Eric's still active in podcasting, but he hosted his show, The First Incarnation, which was known as The Force.net Podcast. It wasn't called The Forcecast back then. But um, he uh, he hosted it throughout the premiere and release of Revenge of the Sith. And after that died down, he died down too and uh, just sort of faded away from Star Wars podcasting. I don't really know what the story is behind that. But then The Force.net put out a call, an audition for New Hopes. And that's when Jason responded, and he convinced Pete Natal, who was a, a, a fellow employee of his. Um, my goodness, I don't even know what kind of business those guys were working in back at the time. But it was in, a, you know, like a cubicle place, you know, where they were all in cubicles doing cubicle things. And um, <laughs> so Pete and Jason would talk Star Wars all day. And so Jason said, hey, listen, we're, we're doing this all the time. Let's just do it with microphones. These guys are putting out the call. Let's answer it. And so they sent in a tape, and I think it came down to the quality of their voices and just a rhythm, you know, having that rhythm. And so they gave the the gig to uh, Jason and Pete, and uh, then I jumped on board a few months afterwards. Very cool. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, you, you kind of already answered our second question here, so I'm just going to move on to the third one. Um, you guys have done some amazing shows, some really great investigative reports, interviews, music shows over the years. I, I really enjoy your mu the music element that you bring to the whole thing. And uh, do you have any... Uh, Actually, wait, real quick on the investigative reports. There's one that I've been waiting to hear about, and uh, Jason may be doing this as we speak, but I never heard a follow-up to the uh, the soothing sounds of the opening sequence to Star Wars for babies when they're crying. So if you guys could do that on the Rebel Force Rebel Force Radio, I'd really appreciate that. Uh, oh, but, uh, you're talking about... I had forgotten about that. So some, yeah. guy, some guy put a, a, a video on, on uh, YouTube... His baby was crying, and he had the Star Wars theme on his iPhone, so he started playing it, and the baby stopped crying. And then the wife says, you can hear her on the video, she goes, works every time. <laughs> and so we told Jason that he should try doing that. And the reason right, Jason's right. not here right now is because he's taking care of his crying baby. I, should, I wish I remembered this half an hour ago. I would have said, hey, put on the Star Wars theme. 
That's right, really, right, yeah. We, we yeah, are so going to have a follow-up on that. Thank you for Yeah, that's my request. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, my, my, my question here then is about the show. Um, do you have any favorite guests or moments uh, throughout the years? I mean, was it, you know, interviewing Lucas or Kirshner or Admiral Monty or anything of that sort? You know, are any standout moments for you? Well, Richard LaParmenter, who played Admiral Monty, <laughs> he's a... We've uh we've had a history, me and him. He's actually a pretty cool guy, though I gotta say. But uh, there was this one moment when um, I was it was the first time I was actually out interviewing Star Wars celebrities, and I approached him at uh, Star Wars Celebration. I just wanted to get an ID for him for my radio station. Hi, this is Richard Le Richard Le I can't even say his name. Richard Lepartment here. Multi. You're listening to blah, 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 blah. So I approached him after going to many celebrities, and they were, they were most generous with their time. I approached him, never met the man before in my life, couldn't say his last name to save my life. I approached <laughs> him with the microphones as he walked in, and I said, I said, Richard, do you have a second to record something for CBS radio? And he looked at me, and he goes, are you fucking mad? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. and so I hear him say this. So I hit record on my, uh, I had a tape deck at the time. I hit record and I turn around and I point the microphone at him and I said, what did you say? He goes, are you fucking mad? And I, <laughs> I said, what? And he goes, he goes, I haven't even had time to have my coffee. Blah, blah, blah. He was a bit grumpy, that's for sure. Oh, he was. And, um, and so my brother was there with me, and he says, well, listen, we're just, we're just trying to get an ID. It's no big deal. And he goes, he goes, no, and I'll tell you why. Because every radio station uses my line as a slug line, and I never get a single penny for it. And he was talking about his line, this station is now the ultimate power in the universe. <laughs> you know, radio stations all over the world use that in their IDs, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. 95.9, the river, this station, you know. So out of tribute to him, I actually inserted it into the intro for Rebel Force Radio. So his slug line will forever be our slug line moving forward. <laughs> that was a very, very interesting moment. You bring up Sounds the George like you earned it. <laughs> <laughs> But I actually did interview Richard uh, t two times after that. One time was at Star Wars Celebration 3 in Indianapolis, and I, I was using Minidisc at this time, and Minidisc was the hardest format in the world to use out in the field when you were interviewing somebody because it had the weirdest thing. It would, rec it would record over what you just recorded almost every time. It was a nightmare format to work with. I liked it a lot for archiving, but not for recording things you know, out in the field. But I was working with this thing, and I walked up to L'Apartment here and started interviewing him. And uh, I had run out of disk space about 30 seconds into the interview. Oh, I knew this while I was talking to him and he is he's kind of intimidating and so I continued the interview for like another seven minutes knowing I'm not recording anything just you know with the microphone going back and forth with the guy and just trying to think of a way to wrap it up uh, 
so, so that was a you know that was a real uh, you know train wreck. And then the last time I interviewed him was at Wizard World in Chicago a couple of years ago. And by this time, he's his attitude had become sort of a running joke. And Nato <laughs> came up with the line about him, "Where's my nickel?" And that's what we would always say when we talk about Richard. So at the end of the interview. I uh, pulled out a nickel and I slammed it. I, t I explained to him, you know, you were mad because you didn't get paid for that line, but you know what? Here's a nickel for you. And I put it on the thing and he was just like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. Funny thing about that is I didn't have a nickel <laughs> at the time of the interview, so I uh, went to Daniel Logan's dad, uh, John, and I had to borrow <laughs> a nickel from Boba Fett's dad to be able to give to Admiral Mahdi. Django Fett. <laughs> <laughs> So those are fun. And, of course, you brought up the Lucas thing. That was a, a great moment for me. I was invited to go to a, a banquet for George being thrown by the Gene Siskel Film Center here in Chicago at the Four Seasons mm -hmm. Hotel downtown. And it was a great night, a big banquet, star-studded affair. And um, I was able to stand on the media line and get a few minutes with George. And it was entertaining. George looked at my recorder that I was using, and the recorder has these two little microphones in the front. And it can look like a taser and so George said what are you gonna do tase me and it that was uh, it was funny it was an icebreaker because he was being funny and I was able to hang out with him and uh, John Favreau interviewed him on stage after the dinner so I was able to talk to Favreau and um, his uh, now fiance uh, George's now fiance Melody Hobson she's a Chicago girl and uh, so it was really fun to talk to her and I actually talked to her about what her favorite Star Wars film was and all that and I actually heard back from Lucasfilm they said that was the first and only time anyone ever interviewed Melody about Star Wars oh, cool. and I oh, thought that was really interesting wow. I don't think that's a fact anymore I, I believe they talked Star Wars with her in that Oprah Winfrey interview from last year but um, but that was what I had heard after that interview and uh, so that was a very exciting time for me to be able to actually, you know, and hang out in the room with George for like a good hour and a half, just, you know, me and the guys from like CNN and ABC. And there was a kid there from a, a charity called Wish With Wings, a guy named um, uh, um, Bla Blake. Blake. Why am I spacing out his name? Of course. Um, Blake. And, uh, and I interviewed Blake afterwards. And that was a thrill for him because he was a, a kid dealing with some serious disease at the time and his uh, wish was to meet George Lucas and I got to be there for that and that was the most relaxed I saw George being the entire afternoon and I got to interview uh, Blake then and um, and uh, make him feel like a, a celebrity and the good news is is that I saw Blake over the summer at Star Wars Celebration 6 and he had told he had grown and told me that his health had improved greatly, and he still had the poster that George signed that day. This beat up poster, it was awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, it kind of it kind of leads us right into our fifth question. Uh, Sith Lord, do you want to go ahead and take this one real quick? Sure, sure. Um, there's a ton of podcasts out on the net, obviously, and there's new Star Wars ones all the time. Um, so I was wondering if you'd got any tips in particular for newcomers who, you know, don't have the industry connections or the audio skills or the celebrity connections for interviews like you guys do, if you had any hints or tips for up-and-coming podcasters. My main thing is, is trust your gut. And if you're going to talk about something on your show, whether it be news or the Clone Wars or a new comic book or something, 
don't just regurgitate things you see on the web. If you're going to bring it up a subject matter in your show, really have something to say about it. And if you don't have anything to say about it, if you don't have a strong opinion about it, don't talk about it. Don't feel like you have to cover every single base when it comes to Star Wars and fandom because that's impossible to do. Find the thing that speaks to you as a fan. Find the thing that makes you passionate about Star Wars and dive into that head first. And don't worry about the other things. Some people have this, um, this opinion that if you're not talking about everything having to do with Star Wars, you're not doing a good enough job. And that's just not true. What you need to do is really focus on what appeals to your fandom because then you could speak about it like an expert. I enjoy collecting Star Wars very much. I have a room in my house, like, like a couple of you guys do, completely packed with Star Wars stuff. But you know what? I'm, when it comes to, as far as being a subject matter on, the, on Rebel Force Radio, I don't, we don't really talk about it that much because our focus is more on the, uh, the films and the, the news that's breaking about that um, mm -hmm. and things that appeal to us in our, our fandom at large. And I find collecting to be something that's sort of um, um, just a fraction of my fandom, not my overall yeah. fandom. Um, it's not what drives me. What, what drives me the most about Star Wars is the mythology and the behind the scenes, the making of it, and the creative forces behind it. That's the stuff that really appeals to me the most as a Star Wars fan. And you know what? I like to apply a sense of creativity and a sense of humor to what I do too. So I look for things that allow me that outlet. And so that's what I'm most interested in when it comes to Star Wars podcasting. I read all the comics. I read all the Expanded Universe novels. But, it, again, it's not something that we'll be talking about on every show because it's, that's just a percentage of, of my fandom, not my fandom on a whole. So I look for those big things. And so that's my focus. That's, that's the thing that's best is have a focus because you cannot do everything. And that's good advice, that's for sure. But, I, I mean, one thing you're definitely passionate about, it's just really evidently clear through the production that you've done in the Forcecast, the work that you do for your day-to-day -day job, but something that really came out really clearly, I think, for all the fans was the audio production work you did on Smuggler's Gambit, which was mind-blowing. It was really well done. Um, this was something that you'd done at Celebration 6 with Cal Newman, with uh, everyone else involved, loads of other voice actors involved from the Clone Wars. Take us through a little bit about that itself and the actual work that you did in terms of uh, the effort you put in, which I imagine was weeks. Yes. Oh, wow. Um, the genesis for that idea came from a live radio production I was involved in here in the Chicago area, actually in Joliet, which is where the headquarters for my uh, radio station company is. And we have a cluster of four radio stations in Joliet, Illinois, which is just outside Chicago, still in the Chicago area pretty much can be considered a, a major suburb of Chicago, but just just a little bit outside of uh, the main Chicago area. And um, every year we do a live radio production of It's a Wonderful Life at Christmas time. 
And so I was playing a couple characters in it, and it was really cool. Like you do it like old school radio. We were doing sound effects live from the stage. There was a guy playing the organ. There was uh, announcers and actors and three microphones at the front of the stage. And we would just walk up, everyone holding scripts. We would do our lines, act it out, and just drop the script pages on the stage and walk off and just do wacky stuff to crack people up. And, Big success, packed house every year. And I was telling Jason about it the day after. I was actually texting him. He's like, so how'd it go last night? And I texted him back, wow, it was a great time, blah, 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 blah. And then it just, I don't know who, I think it was Jason who brought it up. He said, we should do a live radio play at Star Wars Celebration. And then I started knocking back a bunch of ideas to him and we just stopped texting and called each other and we're like, we got to make this happen. We have to make this happen. So I knew that Kyle and FJ, FJ DeSanto, who co-wrote it, I knew that, that they work on Star Wars stories together. They have different ideas and different scripts constantly in development because that's what they do. And I pitched the idea to them what if we take one of those scripts and change it into a radio script and try to do something at Celebration with the Clone Wars actors? And so they were into it, and then I went, I was actually at Lucasfilm in late January for the, uh, there was a media junket for Star Wars Episode One and 3D. And I was able to pitch it to a few people there. Then Kyle really started, you know, he took control. Kyle took control, and he was going to make it happen by hook or crook, and it all sort of worked out, so we, it got approval. We were going to be on the digital stage, David Collins' digital stage. We knew David Collins could do a great Han Solo because he did a Han Solo bit for our Christmas show earlier, late, late 2011. He did this great Han Solo bit. So good. Yeah, yeah so he's good. brilliant. So we're like, well, and, and Kyle and FJ had this, this, um, this Han Solo script. It didn't have a name at the time. It was Smuggler something. I, I wish I could remember what it was. And then uh, I remember the day we changed it to Smuggler's Gambit. But um, so we, we had the script ready about two months before Star Wars Celebration. And so we kept going through it. We kept tweaking it. We kept changing dialogue around. Um, Mostly that was Kyle and FJ, of course, working on because those guys are, are the writers, and they're very good writers. They know what they're doing. And I would just offer suggestions here and there just to punch up this, punch up that. Then they turned the script over to me. And it was over the course of uh, July, I was spending my weekend evenings really just going through every line of dialogue, looking at every transition, and considering how we can approach this live. It, we also, you know, just being limited by the software I have and my laptop and everything, you know, um, that's how we were going to make it happen. And so we just kept adding things onto it to the point where we had 100 different sound effects and music transitions and everything that I was going to fire off live on stage while the actors were acting. And the reason we did it is because Chewbacca is a character. Mm -hmm. But nobody can be Chewbacca. You have to have those classic Ben Burt <laughs> sound effects. So that was the only way we could do it. And David felt much more comfortable having me there 
so he can look at me and we can sort of cue each other and things for the back and forth between Han and Chewie. And then you'd have R2 roll in the room. Well, nobody can play R2. Again, another brilliant Ben Burt sound effect must be put into effect. So we had it all figured out, all mapped out. We did one rehearsal over Skype with me, David, FJ, and Kyle. And they were doing all the characters. And then the night before Celebration opened, we met up in the digital stage while they were getting everything set up and they were doing sound checks and video checks and lighting and all this stuff. And we just sat on the floor in the, uh, at the side of the uh, auditorium there. Me, Kyle, Jason Swank, um, Claire Grant, and David Collins... And Seth Green was there, too. I was hoping he was going to jump on and be a character, but he, uh, he split. And so we just sat there, and I fired off the sound effects just off my laptop sitting on the floor with those guys as they went through the script. And we did it just to you know, primarily look at work on timing between me and David and to see if it's actually feasible to fit in certain sounds in certain places. So those are the only rehearsals we had. Then that Saturday... Uh-huh. At celebration, we were going to you know, be doing the show at six o'clock, no matter what. And we had done a live Clone Wars roundtable from the uh, the show floor. And I realized, well, we have two hours till the show. I better go and make sure that everything is where it's supposed to be, and everything works just fine. So I went through the entire script all over again for the two hours leading up to the show, moving sounds around tweaking sounds, changing sounds. It was really up until about 10 minutes before we hit the stage when I finally had everything locked and loaded. So we ran up me, my brother Bill, no, my son Michael, yes, my son Michael, my brother Bill, Jason, and Matt Wood. We ran up to the to the theater and got everything plugged in and I thought I'd be up there just a nervous wreck. I, sweating, I sweat. I'm a big guy. I eat a lot of salty foods. I get nervous and I sweat and everyone could see it. And I thought I'd just be up there sweating like a bastard. You know, all this great talent up there. Sam Witwer, Ashley Eckstein, Matt Wood, David Collins, D. Bradley Baker, who's just brilliant, Claire Grant, Daniel Logan, um, who am I? Tom Kane. These guys are just, not only are they great talents, but they're really great people. And when I got up on stage, it was just, I felt, I couldn't have felt more at home, more calm. The audience reaction was amazing. To have my sound design and production blasting out of the PAs in that place was just amazing. I was firing off sounds like Claire was jumping back. She was startled at times about, because it was just so cool and loud. And I really couldn't look up too often this, to see the audience, but I was really digging the energy I felt in the room. And I was really digging the fact that we were making this happen. It's like, oh, my God, we spent all, this mo- all these months working on this, working it out in our heads. We never knew what it would sound like, and it sounded above and beyond what I thought it would. And the script played out really nicely, and there was a lot of clarity to it and everything. So then we took that recording. Just, it was just one single track recorded with all the elements on there. We took it, and over the course of the next month, me and Kyle just went over it over and over and over again and added probably more music and sound effects. We're probably up to around 300 different elements when we're finally finished with it. 
And uh, then it, it had to go through Lucasfilm for approval and everything, and they, they gave us a thumbs up, and they put it up on uh, StarWars.com. So anyone could listen to it now. It's StarWars.com slash Smuggler's Gambit. You can stream it right off the website. You can download it to have a copy for yourself. And it's free, which is great, too. It, it was such a labor of love from us. It's something we've always wanted to do. It's something we're very excited to do, and we were very happy because we think it was something we were successful doing, too. So anyone listening to this show, I suggest you go over to StarWars.com right now and listen to it because it captures the essence of fun from the original trilogy, especially considering oh, you're dealing with the characters Han Solo and Chewbacca. So, I mean, you know it's fun. Yeah, it really does. talked about it before, and uh, yeah, the, yeah, it's it's a stunning episode. It really is. And evident, I think, by all the work that you just said you put into all that time that you and Kyle put in, but it's... Um, it's just like one of the best dramas you could uh, pick up from the Star Wars universe, it's, and it's free, so uh, why not? So yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're it, really it, happy to make it available. So yeah, I mean, I grew up on the uh, the radio dramas as a kid. I mean, I born in '77. I you know the, the, we didn't have a VHS; they weren't available to us. And so, like, my mom set alarms so she could record the whole original radio dramas, and it it really harkens back to that for me. I really enjoy it. Tried to play it for my nephews, but they got bored with it, and I. They'll, they'll come around at some point. Uh, well, that's what it's all about, and I think that there's still a void that needs to be filled. I would love to hear the Star Wars prequels produced as those old NPR radio dramas were featuring the current Clone Wars cast playing their characters in the prequels. I think yeah. that would be off the hook and sick. Mm -hmm. And it would if, if, if Lucasfilm would, would greenlight something like that, you know, and have it come out this year it would be perfect because there's a void to be filled. There are disappointed prequel fans out there who aren't going to get Star Wars 3D in the theaters. And so it would be a perfect thing to fill that void and make that available on StarWars.com. So, hey, guys, you know, you never know. Um, I keep my fingers crossed they'll be calling me someday saying, hey, you know what, we need somebody to produce that. Would you do that for I us? I would jump on I know, And I know Kyle and FJ would too, so... Hey, you never know. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Well, we know your 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 time is running short here, and uh, and we're really excited for for everything you guys are doing at RFR, and looking forward to the future episodes. Um, and uh, you guys have already done quite a bit with the Force Cast, and and already with just your first couple episodes of RFR. Um, yeah. Are there are there any things that you guys have on your your Star Wars bucket list to do still? Any people you still want to talk to, or things that you want to do in the Star Wars universe? Well, I've been lucky enough to go to places like Skywalker Ranch and Rancho Obi-Wan and uh, Lucasfilm at Presidio at the, uh, at the LDAC. And, um, and I'd like to be able to get Jason out there at some point mm. um, where we can go out there and see some of the friends we've made in podcasting and go see Steve Sansweet out at Rancho Obi-Wan, which is a trip any Star Wars fan should make is to go out there and support his not-for-profit uh, museum. It's it's really something that is such a Star Wars time capsule. It's amazing. It's immense. It's the greatest Star Wars research library you could ever ask for. It's the funnest place in the world. And Steve personally takes you on a tour, and you can hear stories. You can point to anything, and he has 90 
900,000 pieces in there, some sort of sick number. They've never even inventoried everything. It's, it's going to take a lifetime to do so. But they're hard at work there. Uh, Ann Newman is a, his uh, manager there of his collection, and, and she is uh, an amazing person herself. So uh, I suggest any Star Wars fan who will find themselves in Northern California to go visit Rancho Obi-Wan, visit RanchoObiWan.org for more information on how to do that because that's a chance. That, that's just something that will solidify your fandom forever you will never forget that visit and uh, I was uh, I, I've been fortunate enough to be there a few times myself I believe I still have the number four top score on the Star Wars episode one pinball machine it was it was uh, quite an amazing run I had there one afternoon and uh, I believe I still maintain that number four spot I my ultimate goal was to get the number one spot of course, um, of course. <laughs> Of course, but uh, I, I've been able to take my wife out there, and uh, Steve is just a, a great guy and probably the true voice of fandom, in my opinion. He, he's he's the true, even more than that, he is the spirit of fandom. So uh, if you have the chance uh, up there in uh, Petaluma, California, uh, Steve Sansweet's Rancho Obi-Wan at RanchoObiWan.org. Got to do it. So I want to take Jason to do that. That's kind of my short-term goals for now. I have a I have a, a weird in a weird way to get into Skywalker Ranch if Jason is looking for one, and that is to get into livestock because it is an actual functioning ranch. Yes. And I've had the opportunity to tour the place uh, four or five times now because uh -huh. my mom is a sheep shearer, and she for years was shearing the sheep there at the ranch. And every year I would go with her and then get a tour of the place afterwards. Yeah. So if, if, if Jason wants to learn how to handle cattle or anything like that, he might be able to get it in. Sheep some tauntauns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They got some big animals roaming around out there. I don't know if I'd even go near them. But I actually have seen some of the behind-the-scenes things, you know, how, uh, how the, the working ranch actually operates. And uh, I've been able to go into their, uh, their areas where they, you know, uh, maintain the animals and do all that stuff. I mean, it's just a, one of the most fascinating places in the world. You're out there amongst all this gorgeous scenery and wildlife and uh, nature, and then you go inside these these gorgeous buildings and teeming inside this great technology being made to to develop and produce some of the most high-tech films ever made and uh, with with true talent yeah. walking around the hallways too I mean it, really experts in their field and the best in the world at what they do and just to be there amongst all that creative energy and and power it's it's uh, wow it, it it's just amazing. I loved your um, uh, audio tour, basically, as you were driving up towards uh, uh, the ranch, and you were kind of you even provided this in audio and this anticipation you had as a fan, as you're driving up, and you were just getting super excited about it, and it was even getting Jason into from wanting to be there. And it was really good. So you, you gave us that perception as well, and we got to experience that too. So um, thank you. Well, I just love that. the area so much. It's one of the most beautiful places in the world, that Marin County and uh, and Northern California and San Francisco, and just driving over that bridge on the 101 and heading over to the Lucas Valley Road and the winding, curving road and the, the just amazing landscape and stuff. It's it for a Chicago boy like me. It's it's extremely exotic and wonderful and <laughs> incredible and and dangerous yeah. when you're the only one driving the car when you're looking around at everything and the road is twisting and turning in front of you you got to pay attention but um yeah I yeah i've been there I, I live here, I live here. 
Uh, yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> you you understand. So it's you know some a place I definitely want to go back to, and uh, I hope I I can uh, get the opportunity, like I said, to take Jason there at some point yeah. this year, and then we can record his anticipation as we drive up to uh, the incredible Skywalker Ranch. I mean, I, I'm I just feel so lucky to have had the opportunity to go there. Awesome. Well, speaking of all the sort of adventures that you've been on and all the things that you've done, and speaking of exotic places, Germany, uh, celebrating <laughs> Europe. Yes. Uh, is that something that you're hoping to get to, or is that in the in the pipeline? Yeah, I am hoping to get there. I am hoping to get there. We're still a little ways off, and uh, there's some uh, things, some logistical things that need to be worked out before I can actually uh, commit or make an announcement about going. But um, yeah, that's. Uh, Something that's definitely a, a short-term goal for me is to be out there because that is going to be a great show. I've been to Germany. I've done radio from Munich. We did radio from the Hocker Shore tent at Oktoberfest. Talk about a challenging environment to do a radio broadcast, man. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I, I, had, I had people you know, doing anything from uh, getting ready to punch me to getting ready to throw up on me and <laughs> everything in between. And then there were occasions where I actually felt that way. So it was... Uh, <laughs> You know, Germany's a great place. German people are amazing, and um, I, I think that doing an, another celebration in Europe is such a strong move for Lucasfilm right now because it's been a while since the last one. I didn't go to Celebration Europe 1. That's one of the few celebrations I did not go to, but, um, yeah, definitely a, a short-term goal would be to, to make my way out there, but there are some things I have to work out behind the scenes beforehand. Sounds awesome. Excellent. Well, look, we were conscious of your time, uh, and just one second before you go, uh, there was a kind of big announcement. I know toys are only a fraction of the Star Wars collecting thing for you and all of us, because it's true. Movies, TV shows, books, uh, audio dramas, whatever, there's a ton of stuff out there. There was a pretty big announcement this week, though, by Hasbro on this uh, six-inch line of figures they launched called the Black Series. Yeah. Presuming you got to see that yourself, but I uh, just wanted to get your thoughts just before you go, just on... How Hasbro were appealing to, shall we say, the older demographic, and how that—that's uh, something you pick up, you think, or is it appealing to you? Well, I think that Hasbro appealing to the older demographic is something they should have been doing a long, long time yeah, ago. Yeah. And you know, they talk about, well, we put this thing in that case for collectors and stuff, but it's always some short pack thing you never find anywhere, and that's <laughs> that's just doing lip service to collectors. That's not really catering to them. Now, when the Star Wars figures came back via Hasbro in uh, the mid-90s, I was afraid that there was going to be a move to make them larger. I didn't want that. I wanted the figure size to be the same as it was when I was a kid. That's the Star Wars action figure that I know and love. And quite honestly, that's the backbone of Star Wars collecting are those action figures. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, where, it's, right. that's where it all is. And, and I'm as much a completionist as anyone when it comes to collecting Star Wars action figures. Um, probably have over 3,000 of them in my collection. It's just um, so obviously, yeah. You know, I say it's a fraction of my my fandom. It doesn't it doesn't <laughs> sum up my fandom. fandom. You know, <laughs> maybe that just tells you how big my fandom is. <laughs> but it is a very important part of my fandom, and something that I, I maintain and love and share with my kids and everything. And it's something I'm very proud of. Um, I was afraid because like those X Men figures at the time were more like six inch uh, mutant turtles and everything just seemed to be a lot larger than the basic action figure size we grew up on in the seventies and eighties. And I feared that with the line coming back that they would be six inch or larger. 
And I didn't want that. I wanted them to be the regular size. And uh, so thankfully, when they did come out with that first wave in, what, it was 95, 96, um, they were the normal size, but they were all, like, steroided out and bulked up. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting compromise, but uh, I'll roll with it. And uh, fandom spoke up, and Hasbro had their ears open and said, well, they want more movie-realistic sculpts here, so we'll give them what they want. Now, this Black Series thing. What gets us to the Black Series? I saw the one picture that was released, and it was Luke in the X-Wing, in his X-Wing gear. And I thought it looked great, and I thought it was fantastic. A $20 price point is is a little sticky for me, um, especially if I want to collect them all. But I anticipate just from the looks of that Luke figure, I could see Mm -hmm. myself adding a few of those to my collection, but not really going overboard. You know, it it won't be anything I want to collect the have a complete collection of um, depending on how successful this first wave is you know they can go for broke and really make it a huge expansive line and if that's what collectors want then that's what collectors will get um, but I might be more on the sidelines on this one just sort of mm-hmm. picking and choosing if I see a sculpt that I really think is great and I'll be like wow I want to put that on my shelf uh, then I'll definitely pick it up. It's cool that they're looking at new and different ways to market Star Wars. I think Hasbro yeah. has been kind of, their balls have been up against the wall for a little while now. They uh, really miscalculated the uh, the demand for toys from uh, Phantom Menace when they that was re-released uh, last year in 3D. They, they really just dumped a ton of product out on the shelves, and some of it went and some of it stuck. As a matter of fact, you can still see it swinging from the pegs yeah. right now a year later. <laughs> that was a terrible miscalculation from Hasbro. They should have learned from the past when Star Wars Episode One during its original release in 99, was totally over-marketed, and there's a landfill somewhere filled I with know. Jar Jar Binks action figures. <laughs> you know, they should have learned from their mistakes, but they didn't. And I, I, I just don't know. I, I, too much stock was placed into the box office for Star Wars Episode One, which I think it, it was. It was an okay box office, but it wasn't Star Wars numbers. It wasn't gangbusters, and it wasn't really enough to to make a huge impact on 3D or the history of Episode One or anything like that. It was fun for me. I love being able to take my boys uh-huh. to see the movie, but other than that. It, it was I, too much emphasis was being put on that. Whether or not that had that affects the decision to uh, postpone the 3D releases, I don't know. I think it does. And and as far as Hasbro goes, um, hopefully they're getting their act back together again and figuring out a way to improve their distribution. And if they really want to cater to collectors, they should have maybe a subscription service where we can go to Hasbro directly and they can send us the new figures when they're released. But, you know, there's always some sort of uh, double talk and and lip service whenever these uh, topics get brought up. And that can be frustrating for a Star Wars fan because, you know what, we're saying, hey, give us the product. We're willing to spend the money on it. Hasbro, for whatever reason, is making it difficult to get that product out there, and I think that is because they they glut the market with too much of one thing at one time, and I think they put out too much product altogether. If they Mm. would just slow it down a little bit and let the market have time to catch up with their releases, then I think it would work out a lot better. Sure, that might mean making... 50 less action figures a year. But when you're putting out 200, 300 action figures a year, is that really going to make a difference? Give the people what they want, and the money will flow. 
Well, I think that's been one of the good things when you've done your show and you've had Kyle Newman on there, who's a huge vintage carded fan, and we're all roughly getting towards that age that's, you know, a little bit too old for toys, really, in some people's eyes. But it's been good that you've been kind of, uh, uh, you guys have really, when you do talk about toys, just kind of flying that, you know, there are other collectors out there other than, the, you know, not all of us want angry turds and fighter pods and so forth. It's like, let's get some classics back out there. And I think that's the reaction they, they've done, I think, with Hasbro is, um, it's just, I think they finally listened. They finally uh, thought, well, maybe we better do this properly rather than just rehash the vintage collection. So, um, yeah, but there's still no Kidster. Yeah, where's Kidster? <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Oh, uh, we you were talking go. about um, we were talking about Snide Remarks Radio earlier, and uh, Wendy uh-huh. just walked in. And uh, do you guys want to say hey to her real quick? I this do. Wendy Remarks Radio. Yeah, go. Right, yeah. I'm gonna have to hand the headphones over to her and the microphone, so I won't be able to hear you. So just be gentle, please. Okay. <laughs> Boring uh, hey guys, Wendy, how are you? Good, good. It's really uh, nice to hear your voice, Wendy. Uh, I uh, I'm I'm a big fan of your guys' show. Oh, excellent! You I was are, just yeah. thank you very much. I was just out with Kitster, so I was busy all day. <laughs> you want to know where he is? That's where he was out with me. Oh, okay. You're the long-standing wife of, of a Star Wars fan. That must be hard for you, anyway. <laughs> it's not I can hard. Literally, for me. Uh, we can literally hear your eyes roll sometimes on the episodes. It's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know much about Star Wars. I mean. Jim gave me a quiz, and Jason gave his wife wife a quiz. I think I lost. Didn't I lose, Jim? I remember that episode. That was pretty good. The tie. No, I think I lost. But you're I don't a good sport. Who, I don't even know who Kitster is. I just—it's fun to say. Where's Kitster? <laughs> so where are you guys geographically? All over the place. Uh, uh-huh. Personally, I'm in Northern California. I live up in the redwoods. It's I. I literally live on Endor. Really? All right. I know Endor was, God, what what little people were on Endor? You didn't give me The little cute guys. Yeah. Who, who, who are the guys that do Udini? Uh, this is the, the Jawas. <laughs> yeah. The Jawas. Out on, oh, right, whatever. Out in the deserts of Tatooine. Yeah. I know. Yeah, the yub yub. Yub yub. That's, I don't know. That's the tagline. <laughs> Jimmy says it's Yub Nub. Yub Nub, okay. I think it is, with our hoof. Let's, uh, let's not go there. <laughs> Fair enough. I've actually heard him utter those words in moments of passion. <laughs> 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 I think I'm done. Nice well, to meet you guys. Everybody. <laughs> Bye. Just Bye. There's nothing boring about that conversation. There's okay. nothing boring about that conversation. Right. Okay, now we know what you see in your moments of passion, Jimmy. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Too much information there, but... Uh... There's our exclusive. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, guys, hey, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Unfortunately, I am going to have to run. I could talk to you guys all night, but uh, but uh, we got a big rock That's concert it. to go to tonight, so we're going to go see some uh, Jason Bonham Led Zeppelin tribute action. Oh, have a blast, man. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Thank you so, so much for giving us some time. Oh, you bet. You guys, uh, be sure to listen to uh, Rebel Force Weekly every Friday at Rebel Force uh, Rebel Force Radio. That's what the name of the show is, right, Wendy? Yeah. <laughs> RebelForceRadio.com. And uh, that website will be up and going very soon. But you can get our, our uh, most recent show there. And uh, also Clone Wars Declassified. Don't miss that one. That one is... Uh, uh, for 
analysis and conversation every week with special guests. Yeah, great show. I can't hear what you guys have to say about the latest episode. We'll definitely put a link to all your stuff in the show notes so everyone will get to find out where to go and Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. So uh, we shall we shall do the plug. Perfect, perfect. Well, thanks a lot, guys. It was great talking to you, and uh, stay in yeah. touch. Cool. Will do. Cheers, Jimmy. All right, take care. Bye. You too. Introducing Rebel Force Radio, your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary with Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Weekly live shows and podcasts. Star Wars number one. The Billy D quote of the week. This is Billy D Williams, Lando Calrissian. Listener feedback. Play back the entire message. Outrageous, unthinkable stories. It's outrageous. It's unthinkable. Comedy. Clone Wars reviews. Contests. Giveaways. Event coverage. Star Wars celebrities and more. Hey, it's Mark Hamill, that Skywalker guy from those space movies. This is Carrie Fisher. Hey, Jake Lloyd here. This is Anthony Daniels. This is Daniel Logan. Tom King. This is the voice of Yoda. Hi, this is Ray Park. This is Jeremy Bullock. The name's Fett. Boba Fett. Rebel Force Radio. You are on the front lines of fandom by listening to this show. (laughs) Jimmy Mack and Jason Swank usher in a new era of Star Wars podcasting. Rebel Force Radio. RFR. Rebel Force Radio debuts January January 19th, 2013. Like Rebel Force Radio on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Stay tuned for special announcements about the Rebel Force Radio official webpage. Leaving no Star Wars fan behind. Rebel Force Radio. It all begins January 19th. Your new source for the Force. Well, that was fantastic. <laughs> One half of Republic Forces Radio. Republic Force Radio. I keep saying that Rebel. 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 <laughs> Why did I see Republic? Oh, God. Dave Filoni's getting in your head there. I know, that's what he said. I picked up it since then. <laughs> so, um, yes, Mr. Jimmy Mike, one half of the X-Force cast and Rebel Forces Radio. Um, no, Rebel Force, yeah. not Forces. Rebel Force Radio. Okay, I'm <laughs> just as as I'm, I'm in good company with Filoni, if you listen to what he says. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Let's take a tiny little break here, everybody, and just uh, thank the people who help us bring this little podcast together. They help pay the bills and the hosting and bits and pieces, and that is MrBigBadToyStore.com. The guys over there, I'll just share a little bit of screenshot, and I'll hopefully uh, I'll show you what they've got, but they've got some rather cool specials going on, and um, these guys get a ton of pre-orders. Um, I've never seen so much stuff that these guys have, but... Um, Transformers, man. If you love Transformers, these guys, every single week there's always one which I have never seen before. And it's just like an endless list of uh, robots. These things transform from Transformers into other Transformers. It's like, it never ends. But um, one of the ones I've definitely pre-ordered from uh, uh, these guys is the Iron Man 3 Tony Stark uh, movie masterpiece. Seth Lord, you and I were talking about this earlier on. Have you seen the price of all these, uh, the actual uh, Iron Man um, display cabinet pieces? Yeah, yeah, it's way out of my budget, man. I, as, I've, I've really got sort of hooked on the, the Iron Man films after watching them for the first time, criminally, uh, this past week. Um, but I, I'd, I'd love to own some of this stuff, man. This is awesome. Uh, but yeah, way, way too out of my budget, I think. But uh, Well, he's actually got this. This is one of the cheapest prices I've seen this on the net. 269 uh, $10 even off. The, the hot toys price, but um, oh man, if you love Iron Man, the stuff that's or even under that, the super alloy Iron Man, that's just a, mm. we're going to get swamped with this stuff as we come up towards the, the movie release date. But um, Iron Man three uh, busts, 
I'm not so sure about these bobbleheads. Is anyone a bobblehead fan here? No? I, I don't mind these, actually. These are the Funko uh, bobbleheads we're talking about, yeah? Yeah, yeah I actually quite yeah. like them. Um, I've seen quite a lot in one of the, the comic book stores that's around our way. I've, I've, I've been in and I've seen a few of them, and some of the Star Wars ones in particular. I actually picked up one the other day thinking it was a bobblehead. I bought a Gene Simmons one. Uh, thinking it was a bobblehead, <laughs> <laughs> opened it up and tried standing it on my desk. It wasn't a bobblehead; it was just a figure. Um, and stood it up, and it just fell down because it's they're so top heavy. The, the vinyl figures, not so much the bobbleheads, but the the figures are just it just fell flat on its face, and it's oh difficult to. You've got to sort of have it facing sideways to get it to stand up. But I dare say they're not all like that. It's just Gene Simmons got a big head of plastic hair. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. sticking out, yeah. <laughs> Pulls them over. But uh, yeah, I love some of this. I just wish I had the money to buy some of this stuff. The Gears of War three, a gold edition, big replica weapon. I can't even get that shipped here because the, the the customs would basically just deny it. But uh, eight hundred and fifty bucks. <laughs> Never mind. But yeah, lots and lots of stuff in there. There's Tumblr, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh my god, the list goes on. Yet more transformer looking things. Lord of Rings. Have you guys seen The Hobbit yet, sir? I, I did see The Hobbit and uh, not a fan. Uh, not a fan? <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I did not like that movie. Honestly, one of yeah, I did not like that movie. I I can't oh, believe wow. they're gonna. I can't believe they're gonna do three of them. That was. I was so bored out of my out of my mind on that, and I wanted to walk out. But I was like, I've already paid for it. I've already sat here for an hour and a half. I might as well let it finish. Uh, yeah, I, it looked beautiful. It looked beautiful, but honestly, I it was so long and it was so boring. And the only thing <laughs> I learned from that was when you have something to do in Middle Earth or wherever that place is called, just call the Eagles first. They always come and save the day at the end. Just call them first. Leave the Hobbits and Gandalf out of it. They just get you into trouble. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 sidetracking here. Uh, and the toys no, look no, very all. Of, I mean, like as I said, the, the, you know, everything looks great in that movie. Uh, um, but yeah, moving on past the, the Lord of the Rings stuff, which I'm sure is great. They don't have previews of it here, but the uh, there's a I've seen this poster around. It's a it's a limited edition artwork yeah, of, uh, of, mm. of of the Astromech, yeah, and all the little tools and gadgets and all that he has. And I've seen pr pictures of this online. It's a really really cool print, and uh, yeah, it you know it yeah I would pick it up if I uh, had space to display it or money to buy it but uh, I, unfortunately I have neither uh, and then of course stuff. go for it oh I was going to say the Kubricks they got the Batman and Robin here the animated series ones it looks like and uh, Kubricks are cool looking I'd, I'd really like to pick up yeah. some Kubricks and uh, I know my nephews would flip out for these ones here they, they love Batman and Robin that's pretty cheap though $13.99 for two of them I mean I can't even get one of them uh, at that price on, on eBay so uh, oh I thought yeah I thought that was each that's for both of them that's awesome no it's a two pack that's really good so you get a Dark Knight and a Joker wow oh don't don't yeah. go dead well, see once you start with Kubrick's it's just like oh, well boy. I'm not thinking for myself but I'm, I'm thinking at, at that price I might I might pick these up for my nephews uh, that's pretty cool yeah. something in there for you Sith Lord Kistols <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love them. They they look ace. I'm not one for plush toys, but these are cool. I love Kiss, so yeah, anything Kiss, I'll I'll take it. <laughs> how do, how does a young man like you like Kiss? My God, it's like isn't that an old band? For, no, no, really, my, no. My, my dad and my uncle uh, 
obviously my, with my dad being a, uh, a fair bit older than myself, uh, he he was huge so. into Kiss um, <laughs> when uh, back in the day, uh, and it's just kind of rubbed off on me really. I just I love him. Been to see him, awesome, uh, love him, fantastic band. There you go. If you want to influence your kids, old dads, then uh, make sure to listen to good music. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a ton of stuff on there. Uh, certainly, Star Wars one I just got recently from these guys is, uh, or from a different source, but I got it from uh, the same thing. Star Wars Bosk, the 12 inch figure. That's a cracking figure. If you haven't yeah. uh, got it, they've got it for 150 bucks. It's $10 off site show. I should have bought it there. But um, yeah, it's a particularly good figure. Did you get one, Sith Lord? Did you? Not yet. No, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to scale back on the sideshow stuff because, as you can see, I'm running out of room. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to put a focus on it. I'm saving up for the well, not saving up, but saving room for the the one six scale Malgus that's coming out because that is, you know, I'd I'd gladly sell every clone that's in that cabinet just to get that Malgus. It looks so cool. So wow, yeah, that I'm, goes right I'm along saying. with his kiss thing. I mean, if there was if there was a Star Wars member who be or a character who became a kiss member, it would be Malgus. <laughs> yeah. This is true. That's actually yeah. very true. I don't know because that that mask would kind of get in the way of the tongue and yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> maybe yeah, yeah. He'd have a kick-ass yeah. guitar though. He would. <laughs> there's a lot well, of uh, well, customization well, stuff that I was noticing in here. There's the scratch building parts, and there's a lot of these blank bodies uh, at the one yeah. six scale. Um, yeah, so it, it it looks like the whole customization thing is really getting big and big or bigger and bigger these days. Uh, I know the guys over at Custom Action Figure News would be very pleased about all of that. Uh, who knows? Maybe they had an influence in all of that. You know. I think you're right. It's um, the amount of, when you see some of the quality of the figures that people produce, even the mini figures for Lego. I've seen that people have made and actually mold helmets. Uh, yeah. Joel, one of the guys who, who's joined us on, on Fly Guy, posting some stuff. Was, we were talking about some of the customs. He's actually making three and three quarter inch customs and uh, stunning job he did on, on making a mold of a helmet. Way beyond me, but. Um, yeah, part, I mean, partly it's not that hard. Once you get into it, I guess you get your skill going and um, painting it, doing all that stuff. When I paint figures, I've tried in the past. It's just like I had a big brush and it just—it just doesn't work. Yeah. For me so, <laughs> Same. There's, there's Same. no finesse whatsoever. It's like a giant paintbrush <laughs> all over. It just doesn't work. But um, yeah, as, as Jimmy said in our pre-show or whatnot, with his audio issues and how sometimes beer and podcasting don't mix, uh, booze and customizations don't mix too. I've uh, tried yeah. to paint a few figures after having a couple of drinks, and I don't recommend it. It's not a good idea, <laughs> folks. I guess you sort of get all these sort of creations that Sid has in in Toy Story, like lurking under his bed. That's what you kind of end up with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it works for coming up with ideas, but not for executing those ideas, because literally you are executing the idea. Yeah. <laughs> and the figure one. Exactly, you can, yeah. You could maybe start off DBSW after dark wet and just have your toys in compromising positions and doing all sorts of things. And so, uh... Actually, what's kind of funny, speaking of DBSW and drinking and all of that, there the other abbreviation that DBSW gets used for, and I am all for this, I completely support this website, is Drink Beer Save Water. So DBSW stands for Distracted by Star Wars and Drink Beer Save Water, which I can go. totally get behind. So, uh, yeah, cheers to that, you, everybody. You need a beer sponsor. That's what you need. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there was a couple of other things we had down to, to talk about, which we could end up going on off a tangent, but quickly, one of the ones was um, the, well, in fact, Black Series for you 2 What did you think, uh, Seth? What did you, what did you think? <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 what is this again? 
What was I, I missed what you said. It, what we're talking about well, now? Black series. The Black series figures, the six-inch oh. toys. So just think of yeah. you two, just what you guys thought. And, and Sith Lord was rubbing his hands like a favorite kind of fan there. Like, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm all for this. Um, I think, in a way... To me, this sort of appeals to me more because this is a this is sort of a new generation sort of thing, you know. The the three and three quarter inch stuff's been on the go since the seventies, and this is sort of the you know you're getting the new films and getting new figures to come along with that. It's it's really good, and I think this is something. This is sort of my vintage, if that makes sense. Because mm. uh, obviously I was too young to sort of be around when the original films came out and the the original figures came out and all that kind of stuff. So this is sort of that first. So milestone, I guess, in a way, because this is you know sequels to the films and new figures. Yeah, mm. it's, it's it's a new generation yeah. thing. I think, and yeah. to back up what Jimmy said earlier on in the show, um, you know, it's it's awesome that they're doing fresh ideas to keep the the brand refreshed and what have you. So, yeah, I think I'm not I'm not so sure that the the three and three quarter inch lines run its course just yet, but mm. I think with some of the issues that have Hasbro have has in sort of the past couple of years, I think this is this is something that they've needed to do for a really long time, so I'm welcoming it with open arms. It it looks awesome. They really they really do look awesome. I mean the the detail on that sculpt, even just from the li the two pictures that are floating around right now, I mean it looks amazing. I mean yeah. I, I, I do kind of find I, the expression on Luke's face, I can't help but think of Grumpy Cat who's been floating around the internet so much recently. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, the the sculpt on it looks amazing. And, uh, you know, I'm sure, you know, Fly Guy, you went over the articulation that you could see on it uh, in your video. And I, th I think you did a good job on it. Um, it looks like they even have, like, the little swivel hinge uh, or ball hinged uh, elbows on it, too, the way he's holding mm. his helmet. Um, and, God, you know, I mean, that, what a cool looking figure. Um, I, I will definitely be picking up a couple of them. That Luke is one of them. I would, I'm going to try my best to get one of the Stormtroopers. I have a feeling he's going to be tough to find. But uh, yeah. I'm not going to go crazy gung-ho completist on this one just because I have so much invested in the three and three-quarter inch line. I mean, there's no way they could do vehicles for this line. I, I, I mean, could you imagine, <laughs> you imagine having a Millennium Falcon? Imagine the Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what the hell? They would be huge. I mean, the Falcon I have is huge, and that's a three and three-quarter, and it's not even to scale. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, I definitely well. want to pick up a couple of these guys and just have them on the shelf and maybe even use for a couple of photographs and things. But, mm. but uh uh, yeah, I will not be a completionist on this, but I will definitely be picking up a few of them. I think I want to say that I'm going to be. Oh, go for it. Sorry, I was going to say oh. I want. I was. I want to hope that and pray that I, I that I'm not going to become a completist with it. But I I wouldn't want to promise anything because I'll probably buy one and then I'll be like, oh, but I've got to get the others because they're all so good. And if I don't <laughs> yeah, get the others, well, it's, one's going to look kind of silly on his own, so I need to get another one to go with that one. Oh, now I've only got two. Well, that looks odd. Let's get a third one and put that in there. Three. Let's make it into even numbers. Let's put a fourth one in there, and then it's just going to go crazy. And I'm going to have to start. I'm going to have. To, oh man. I'm gonna have to get a loan shark, and I'm gonna have to buy a <laughs> out the house, and exactly. oh, this is just gonna cause me so many life problems. <laughs> but I mean, this is this is yours and many other psychology when we buy these things, and this is why I have learned one thing after the last vintage, the modern vintage collection. Trying to go back to plug the holes in your collection is a nightmare. Uh, uh, C3PO and uh, Leah from Hoth, I wanted on, on a carded version because they were in price stretch back cards. Mm -hmm. 50 bucks people wanted for some of these figures. So I've right. decided this time 
this is it, I'm buying the lot. I'm buying the lot, completely complete this all the way in. And it has to be, well, I tell you, it's actually cheaper in the long run. Yeah, and if yeah. you decide you don't like them, you sell tell them. them. Yeah. yeah. Just buy the lot. It, it's, this, uh, there still seems to be a lot of people online who, who continually are, are going to, well, a lot of people buying it on and say, oh, $20, it's a nightmare. I kind of feel it saying, suck it up, princesses, because it's 20 bucks yeah. for us for a figure. So, <laughs> actually, it's going to be probably more expensive for you, so though. The figures, if it's 20 I'm bucks in the sure. States, it's... Yeah, I'm not sure, because they haven't really brought out a price point for us yet. Um, they have said that they're going to be coming to the UK, which is a, the first good sign. Um, yeah. But there's no price point yet, but... I don't even I don't even think the twenty pound price point is that bad because if they're going to be of the quality that these pictures show, then that you know they're easily worth the money there. And when you're paying, I mean, for, I mean for us here in the UK at least, with some of the vintage figures that didn't make it over here, we're having to pay about fifteen pounds for the three and three quarter inch figures. So an extra yeah. five for an extra three inches and a hell of a lot more detail. It's, but, it's but a no brainer. It doesn't really. Exactly. But fifteen quid is about twenty. Uh, one twenty-two dollars. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah. Something like that. So it's uh, we're already paying it, and that's why I keep seeing everybody on, on YouTube and Facebook saying, "Oh, we got twenty dollars, what a nightmare!" And it's like, oh, guys, that that's kind of cheap. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so uh, but then I guess the more that everyone complains about twenty dollars, maybe they'll keep it under twenty dollars. But just wanted to yeah. point it. This is a figure I got. I got it from um, Doxie Toys. Issues. I for buy all my kind of stuff these days, but. This is a, a, a Marvel Legends uh, figure they've got brand new. I think it's called Protector. But if you look at the articulation on them, I mean, all this has got to be what uh, Hasbro are going to be doing: the molds, the joins, the connections, that the ball jointed hips, even that waist that I was talking about that uh, Luke could basically have. That's the kind of I mean, everything's going to be on this guy. It's got to be the same for the six-inch series. To me, it's like articulation. Hold, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. But. Um, yeah. And that packaging, what? Yeah, it's iconic. really nice. It does yeah, look I mean, good. It, sexy is a good word for it. I mean, it looks, it's so <laughs> simple and it's just real nice and it, it yeah. captures the Star Wars essence, I think. And, uh, and back to what you were saying a second ago, Fly Guy, about the articulation on those figures. I follow a lot of guys on, on uh, Instagram who specialize in photographing the six inch Marvel line and the, the uh, Street Fighter lines and things like that. Mm. And yeah. the the poses these guys get. I mean, the I forget. It's the articulated comic book uh, group that's kind of going around these days. Um, yeah, I mean the the poses and the the shots that these guys are setting up are brilliant. I can't wait to see what some of them are going to do with the Star Wars line because I, I mean I've mm -hmm. seen a few of them already commenting and posting about it, and they're really excited about it. So I'm I'm excited to see what they're going to do about it. I think this is a general thing for everyone. Is just everyone's Sith Lord like this. It's like super excited. We're all. Uh, I've only heard seen a one or two people that have kind of not been too happy. We even had someone, even had someone on some page say, you know, we'll never get to see a Jocasta new. Yeah, well, you can. <laughs> you want a section Jocasta new? Like, really? Like, I mean, everyone. I, I should be fair. Everyone's got their, their favorite characters, but. And I shouldn't be so condescending. I don't mean to be. I'm sorry, but I think more than really? I, I think I, it, I think instead of sort of approaching this new line with the same mentality that you'd have with the three and three quarter inch line, in the sense that you're going to get all the background characters and all the, the sort of obscure aliens and what have you. This is just it's not it's, a, it's not fill it's not filler. Yeah, it's it's 
it's an alternative. It's something for people who don't necessarily want to start collecting the thin three quarter inch stuff. They just want the main characters, but they don't mm -hmm. like what Hasbro have already put out. It's just an alternative. It's something different, and if you don't like it, just don't go near it. You know, yeah. that's that's my, that's the mentality that I've got with everything when, when it comes to Star Wars these days. Because everyone just seems to complain about everything that comes out now. Oh no, Disney bought Lucasfilm. Oh no, there's new films going to come out. Oh no, J.J. Abrams is directing. It's just like if you don't like it. Don't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't like, if you don't like the figures, don't buy them. You know. Yeah, keep keep I, the optimism or shut up is what I think. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it's all well and good. You can have have your opinion by all means, and you know, if you if you're not excited about it, tell people. But I just hate this this idea that everyone has in their heads that whatever comes out and is new is going to ruin what already exists. I hate that. That drives me nuts. It's yeah. it's like it, it, you can't. It's not replacing it, and it's not taking anything away from what's already been made. So just just ignore it. Just pretend it's not there. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's, it's, it's a silly. It's a silly idea to have. But that's me ranting again. That's the that's no, the whiskey no, and coffee. <laughs> no, you. Thank you for the rant. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm just going to see the other one who's thinking it. That's all. Oh, yeah. This is the point now in this conversation. Yeah, and you said it without swearing. I would have, I would have dropped a couple f bombs in there, but uh, <laughs> and probably offended a few people. So I appreciate you putting yeah. it so elegantly. <laughs> I mean, one of the things a lot of people have, have picked up incorrectly is that the vintage collection, the modern vintage collection, is no more. Well, that's BS. That's that's not mm -hmm. true. It's still going to continue. But I think the thing that I'm, I'm really keen to see, we're all keen to see, we'll, we'll see it soon at Toy Fair, is the vintage collection under the Black Series banner and how that's going to fit. That could look yeah. pretty nice on yeah, the right card. With the... Yeah, I was, I was a bit confused about that because I thought, if how is the vintage collection, the vintage collection, going to carry on under the Black Series? Because I think there was a lot of cross-wires with this. Um, does it is this sort of vintage-style figures, so the three-and-three-quarter-inch, yes. realistic... Ah, yes. uh, I get it. Because the way everyone was wording it, it was as though the vintage collection was going to be done under the Black Series, and I thought, well, how are they going to put the Black Series on the vintage... I was just getting so confused with it all. Yeah, no, I was, it, so. I was confused about it, too, and I think Fly Guy... I think Fly Guy is right about that. I'm pretty sure we'll figure... We'll find out for sure mm. uh, in the next couple of weeks with Toy Fair. Well, um, but I, I suspect that it will be because those the droid line that got cancelled or the build a droid mm. line that got cancelled, those were figures that were done in the same style as the vintage, mm. you know. Really good paint jobs, really good sculpts and articulation. And I I'm keeping my fingers crossed that maybe they're going to re since that line got cancelled that they're going to release those figures in this black series. Um, yeah. And I'm this is I'm hoping that's what that is. Yeah, that's something that I actually wanted to just drop in there while we we're on the subject. Um over a um I, th I forgot what the name of the um, what the name of the event was. I'm just trying to find it. If you just bear with me for two seconds. Ah, here it is. The Nuremberg Toy Fair. Nuremberg Toy Fair. Yeah, I don't know if you guys read the article earlier on, um, but apparently some of the Star Wars stuff's been spotted there, and some of the the vintage style figures on the Black Series packaging have been found and spotted at the at the Toy Fair. Cool. Um, cool. There's, there's no pictures yet. Um, but they they said they've you know basically gone into a brief description about the the, the figure um, or the figures in the black series and it mm. just, if I just quote this article here it just says the new Vader uh, the new figures sorry are under a Vader so, sort of style art on a black card style not vintage but the same size it's squared off with no die cut fancy shapes and the bubble takes up nearly all of the card 
and wraps around the edges and is taped similar to the Revenge of the Sith line. Um, figures are on that were on display were Anakin, Padme and a clone which were the same figures that were originally going to be in the Builder Droid line so it would appear that as we all sort of speculated, you know, the, the figures that were supposed to have been coming out are just coming out mm -hmm. under something mm -hmm. different. So that's good news, and I can't wait to see pictures from that. Yeah, because those were brilliant sculpts, and I, I, I really yeah. would be ashamed to not release them. Mm. I think the thing that's going to drive me and a lot of other people nuts if you collect vintage carded is... Um, so we, we know that it's a black card. Vader's going to get the top in this Revenge of the Sith bubble that's... Uh, or, yeah, Revenge of the Sith bubble that's around it. But, um, so they re-released them just now, but when are we going to get those figures on a vintage collection card? And, and I think... After you've bought all of them already. Correct. This new Correct. Yeah. Yes. Now that you've already Correct. invested and you want the Correct. other ones, then they'll release them for you. That's how yeah. that works. Correct. So it means like... Yeah, exactly. Two years, ten, you probably get that Padme again with a slightly mm. different paint thing or, I don't know, another tear in their shoulder... So they, they know what they're doing, but um, yeah, it's this interim collection that I'm kind of like, I don't know whether I'm going to be super keen on, I have to say. Um, now that the modern vintage has been out, it's just, I'm cementing it, and I want to wait, and I think a lot of people are just waiting for that vintage collection to come back, because mm. it's all about this car. Kyle Newman bangs yeah. on about it. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, it's I think that if the, if the three and three quarter inch line goes in the same sort of direction as this six inch line, though, with the packaging, I think that's going to look really nice, because uh, that is nice packaging. Uh, the only thing that I'm not hot on is the name. Uh, I understand. I read the the inter yeah. I read the interview with Daryl De Priest about why they'd called it that, and I agree with the sort of idea behind it. But I just think it's a, it's a little bit too generic for me. And if you're not familiar, yeah. if you're new into Star Wars collecting and you see this on the shelves, it's Star Wars: The Black Series. You're going to think, well, what does that mean? You know, I'm like, is this a you know? It's a bit confusing, I think, for. Uh, for people who are new into the hobby or or didn't read the interview that with with Daryl the priest that said why they'd called it that and obviously it was to hark back to the to the vintage style card and what have you but I just, just think it's a bit it's a bit too bland for me. I'm glad we're getting a name for this collection. I mean that that one oh, that yeah. had the the shadows of the dark side. There was no name on it. It was just a, nah, a picture of Rex with some clouds and and mm. trying to. Catch Categorize that in the Clone Wars and Vintage because it was kind of vintage, but it was kind of Shadows of the Dark Side, with, which also was on some Clone Wars pack. It was completely screwed. So, yeah. um, I don't know. I think, it, in my mind, and I think Jimmy was, was right earlier on, um, too many figures and too many lines. Mm. It's too confusing, and it, it makes you not want to collect a series or keep up because you just think, well, I can't collect all of this. But yeah, I mean, if you start to catch your breath, you're going to fall behind. Exactly. But, I mean, this I mean, Black Series, they're saying there's going to be eight figures in one year. That's totally collectible. That's a lot of money as well. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, I'm personally, I'm actually enjoying this sort of downtime we're having these days. It's giving yeah. me a chance to sort of, it's sort of giving me a chance to catch my breath and, like, you know, look through what I've got. I've been doing a lot of trading recently. Like, I got a, I've been building up my, my vintage, vintage Kenner collection. Um and uh, you know, I, I I've been trading with people online and really having a good time of it. And it's, you know, I am enjoying this sort of breather that we're getting. Um, you know, it's helping build expectation for what's going to come next, and it's giving me a chance to sort of get excited about the new movies and all this other stuff. And so, I mean, yeah, it's a bummer there aren't toys, new toys on the shelf. But at the same time, the older ones are sort of catching up, and it, yeah, it's that's how I kind of feel on this whole dark time, if you want to call it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, like, there, there was a, we could be here all day talking about this, but uh, there was mm-hmm. some other news. Some guy called G.G. Abrahams and some movie called Episode 7. Meh, who knows. But um, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I don't know whether there's much to talk about in this subject. Uh, I'm kind of sick of the speculation. and I'm sick of all the, the, the exclusive and news and oh, whatever. Let's wait until something tangible or something official comes out. I mean, the whole confirming J.J. Abrahams, and I think you said it on Twitter, uh, what, uh, or someone did anyway, that, uh, and I agree, it was Club J that was like, everybody calm down, nothing's been confirmed, and I didn't post anything, I just thought, I'd seen all these things, I thought, let's wait until it's official. Yeah, um, until it shows up on either Disney or Star Wars, you know, it's it's not yeah. official. I mean, all these people had their sources and all of that, and I even... I, I, I talked about this on the uh, the Sarlacc Pit podcast. I went on there as the guest recently on their latest episode to kind of give my thoughts on this. And and I was a real Nazi on our, our classic Star Wars page. If I can plug that for a second, facebook.com slash classic Star Wars. Um, uh, in our little group where all of us moderators sort of sit and talk behind the curtain, uh, I, I sort of shamed whoever had posted because they didn't put their name on the post, uh, whoever posted that it was official, because at the time it was not official official. And uh, I'm tired of the rumors. I'm tired of all that. I'm tired of you know people trying to get the exclusives. And let's just wait. You know, things are going to be fine. And, you know, personally, oh, I'm really excited about J.J. Abrams. I, I think mm-hmm. he's going to do a great job, and I wish people would shut the Fuck up about the lens flare jokes. It's old and it's not going to happen. <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> oh my god! No, no. I wouldn't but mind. Is it... It. Isn't isn't Star Trek the only film that's got that much lens flare in it? Because I I never watched Lost mm. and I never saw Super Eight, so I don't really know. I'd, there I was were no lens flares in Lost, and there were a couple of them in uh, Super Eight. But it, at the same time, he was trying to capture that classic Spielberg look. And if right. you ever watch Close Encounters of the Third Kind. There's fucking lens flares up the ass on that one. I mean, I... <laughs> sorry, I don't mean to get all rowdy here, but I. No. Yeah, I have to put a content warning. The, the, internet... yeah. the way the internet has been overreacting about all of this is just driving me nuts. And uh, no, yeah. So it's... I'm really excited. I think he's going to do a brilliant job. I can't wait yeah. to see what it's going to happen. Uh, Kyle Newman posted a picture on his Twitter last night of uh, a poster you know, a concept idea of what a poster might look like, and it's got the Millennium Falcon, like, stuck in the sand, and it's all crashed and burned out, and it's an awesome-looking poster, and, uh, you know, I just, I'm so excited to see where this is going to go, and I think J.J. Abrams does a great job with characters and things, and I just, I think he's going to do a great job, and uh, to all the haters that are throwing out the hate, whatever. Yeah, exactly. That's all you can do, because haters are going to hate, that's it. Haters are going to hate. Invaders are going to vade. <laughs> well, one thing uh, I never got to go to because it was 5 a.m. for me here, but I guess you two could have went to it was the Clone Wars hanging. I bet you never. I completely forgot was that tonight. No. Bad man. Bad man. No, I could, it was 5 a.m. and I thought, oh, just. Oh, no. Because I, so I, I watched the episode the Clone- tonight as well. Oh, my God, was that episode Don't, 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 don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Oh, a man. good friend of mine sent me an email last week, and spoiler alert, spoiler alert, so go away if you don't want to know, but he sent me an email about a week ago and said, oh my god, Previsla's head gets cut off, and I thought, so oh, wait, I didn't... oh, are you talking about that? I'm talking about the one after that. Yeah, yeah. I know, that's what I'm saying, but that's what I'm saying. Oh, right, 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 you got it, you got it. Yeah. 
and I've kind of already got an idea of what's getting spoiled here about another person who dies, but uh, <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, did you did you say that? Uh, really? oh, it, yeah, yeah. It's plural, my friend. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. It wow, Ugh. epic, epic episode, awesome. and uh, and this is the conclusion of this arc. Yeah, yeah I, can't I can't wait to see where we go they, next. I can't believe that they've thrown it out so early because that is one of the, um, again. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but this episode. Well, I think has we got, know. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I, I'll, I'll keep it. It's, I'll, I'll just say that it's awesome, but I'm saying you know with the amount of things that actually happen. In this episode, I'm surprised they've brought it sort of halfway through, because to me this is something that should have wrapped up the season. Because yeah, oh, it's, it's just awesome. Wow, it's it's a brilliant episode, and I'd rather see this, yeah. the stuff that's in this episode. I'd rather see that than clone battles, and I never thought I'd say that. Wow, wow, it's, you did it's just, you just said that? Oh my god, I, I know. Blast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, to me, the, the finest episode ever has been the, the battle on Ambara and that scene of uh, Rex putting on his helmet and going down in the elevator to Pong. I thought, this is the darkest Star Wars or Clone Wars has ever been, and I love it. And it's never been as dark for me. And even with Maul, yeah, it's not been so great. But for the sense of it, this is the this is the topper. Yeah, definitely. It, it, I loved the Ambara arc, but this one. I wouldn't want to say it blows it out of the water, but it's that in terms of the story, uh, I think that the Umbara arc was good because it was just shitloads of battles with clones and laser fire and all that sort of stuff. Um, but this one, I think, in terms of the story, is way better. Excellent. Yeah, I got well, whipped out there for a second, but yeah, I just wanted to conclude that with, yeah, the story is epic. I, I missed what Sith Lord there, he got really excited and crashed my connection. Uh, so <laughs> I'm back, and I just wanted to say, yeah, I, it, you know, I I could, you know, the I, I completely forgot about the actual Clone Wars going on, because it, at one time you're cutting between Mandalorian battles and Siths battling each other, and it's just fucking epic. It's so cool. <laughs> Uh, like we know what's going on, most of us, and probably by the time people get to hear this, uh, it'll be uh, it'll be done and dusted. Yeah, well, I've posted the episode well, uh, up there on uh, on Facebook for those who want to see it. It's probably not going to stay up there for long. It'll probably get taken down. But if anyone wants to uh, check out the, the latest episode, then head over there and check it out. Well, that was the yeah. thing I was sending to you guys earlier on, and look, we might as well share it because, quite frankly, we're trying to stop piracy. So, uh, uh, mediahint.com. M-E-D-I-A-H-I-N-T, MediaHint.com. You go to there and you use Chrome, install that plugin, and then head to StarWars.com. You can watch the show. So uh, a nice way for international people to actually get to see the damn thing, other than hear spoilers on Facebook and Twitter every day. But um, can, you, uh, can you guys purchase them off iTunes uh, the nope. way we can here in the States? No, nope. really? Okay. No. Nope. It's pirate or wait until the box set comes out a whole season later. Which wow. is the dumbest ass decision humanly possible, but it's one yeah. for profit. It's not necessarily always Lucasfilm. Uh, a lot of the, the channels I mean to yeah. get it on, but they need to cut through this, and it's happening in some ways. It's going to eventually come there because it's all about holding on to old uh, ways of making money. But they need to get this thing onto something like YouTube, like this. We we all pay a buck. We watch the show. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I think we do. Yeah, I don't I think we'll have to wait as long for this season to come out on DVD though, because I don't know if you guys saw the Cartoon Network schedule for this year. Um, but yeah. season six, I think it is of the Clone Wars, is set to come out in July instead of October or September time. Um, wow. So hopefully there won't be as much of a wait for the season five DVD box set. Will it? 
I think I think they still said October because um, Filoni uh, and everybody and the rest of the cast were, did a USO tour, which there's some really good videos from that on StarWars.com. Uh, it looked like a good time, and they're really doing some good stuff here for this, the, the soldiers here in the States. But uh, I think he did say something about it coming out in October. Um, and so that was just confirmation that it is coming out and sort of a hint of when it might be coming out. Uh, okay. But I know personally here in the States, I'm a cheap bastard and don't have a lot of money, but these last couple episodes were so epic that I am going to be going and purchasing them on iTunes so that I can watch them in HD um, because they were that good. Yeah, and, uh, go. yeah. and speaking go. of other things that are that are really, really good these days, and this is not Star Wars related, but it's uh, the Batman Dark Knight Returns, uh, which is an adaptation of Frank Miller's classic comic book. Um, oh, it's epic, yeah. Oh my god, that is so good! I just watched the part one and part two the last couple of days. Um, if you, if people haven't seen that yet, uh, go check it out. It's so good. I can't believe it got a PG thirteen rating. I mean, it is dark. I mean, I'm mm. my nephews are well, huge. It's, it's a comic book. It's straight out yeah. of it, really, isn't it? Yeah, and I think the mm. only thing that kept it from being rated R was there was a you know there wasn't a lot of profanity. I don't actually remember any profanity um, or uh, nudity. But man, was there a lot of violence! I mean, like my nephews are huge Batman fans, and they're into violence. I mean, they like to do their little zombie effects for their their own videos and things. But uh, I'm almost hesitant to show it to them. I mean, it's it's that violent. And uh, but man, is it good! And it's such a it's such a great adaptation from the comic book because I I remember those comic books; and they were so good. Um, yeah. So non Star Wars, but I highly recommend going and checking that out. Sounds good. Like we could be here all day, everybody. We really could probably spend the next several hours talking toys and talking movies. But let's wrap it and keep it, and we'll, we'll, um, we'll do some more on, a, on the next show. Thank you to Jimmy Mack for joining us from All Together Now. Rebel Force, Rebel Radio. Force Radio. There we go. We got it right. Damn you, Filoni, for making me think. Um, <laughs> so you can find them on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Rebel Force Radio, at Twitter under guess what, Twitter.com/slash Rebel Force Radio, and on their website, which is not quite up yet, but it's it's getting there, at RebelForceRadio.com. And Wendy was on the show too, so we have two uh, uh, guests on the show from SnyderMarksRadio.net, which is a really it is really funny. I listened to one last night, and I was genuinely impressed by. Uh, the two of them, they're just a great couple online with a couple of drinks in the, an hour and a half later and they're bickering away about day-to-day stuff. It's, uh, it's pretty fun. Oh, it's great stuff. It really is. <laughs> but yum, um, yum. what? Yum, yum, exactly. Now we know what Jimmy says in these moments yum, of passion. Yum, yeah. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Um, <laughs> there, there, yeah. Um, <laughs> where can yeah. people think you, Mr. Sith Lord? <laughs> Pardon? What? I've missed that. Where, where, where can people find you online and what do you want to play? Uh, Everywhere again. I'll, everywhere. I'll just say this every. I'll just say this every time we we come to this bit. Everywhere dot com slash Sithlord two two nine. Yeah, don't go. Don't go to everywhere dot com because I don't know what that will bring up. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm I'm on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. I mean, you go to my YouTube and all the links are there anyway. So I've got Pinterest now as well, but that's shit. Yeah, <laughs> I don't use that site. I like it. Yeah, I like no, it's, it's, it. it's all right, but. I just it's uh, Tumblr's better, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think t- I, yeah, Tumblr does it better in my opinion. But yeah, whatever. You get bigger Some people really like it. Yeah. Bigger pictures, I, I, li- yeah. I like the little uh, the little Pinterest logo that I made that on my for, for the little icon that I've got on there. That's that's cool, but yeah, the website's not that great. And I've got about five <laughs> followers on there, so I'll probably shut it down soon anyway. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm over there as well for anyone I'm who's Pinterest. You're just Pinterest a social board, aren't you? 
Yeah, I am, yeah. <laughs> and Mr. Wet, you're uh, everywhere as well, but you get some specific sites, I'm sure. Yeah, it's uh, on Instagram and YouTube and Flickr. It's R2Witco. It's R2WITCO. And uh, DBSW.net and Facebook.com slash Distracted by Star Wars. Um, and uh, here's a little teaser for you guys watching of things that might Ooh. be to come. Uh, cool. so, yeah, so we'll have more news on that kind of stuff in the future. I'm just kind of fleshing out some ideas, but it looks big. So, uh, yeah, look forward to that. Were they just awesome. printed photos or were they sort of postcards or something? Because they looked cool. Those are uh, printed and mounted photos. And, uh, yeah, they oh, turned wow. out really, really cool. And uh, I've been getting a really good reaction for the little teaser I posted up last night. And, uh, yeah, so this might be this might become a thing. So uh, we'll talk mm. more about that in the future. <laughs> it's cool. a thing. <laughs> well, you can find me at, uh, well, first of all, if you can find me, uh, share it to Joe, our uh, kind of a new uh, USA East Coast editor who's joined us doing some custom uh, bits and pieces on there. Thanks for joining, Joe. You've been posting some great stuff. Uh, and also to Doxave Toys, uh, who uh, I bought some stuff this week and we're reviewing on TechSushi uh, lots of these really cool Marvel Legends, and I'm just buying too many toys again. And Doxave Toys. Um, but check them out. They just, they just keep. Toys, is, oh, addiction to toys. Uh, you can find me at flyguy.net and all the links to all the stuff are there. And you can find us, all the three of us together, at uh, bcapodcast.blogspot.com or easier to remember is facebook.com slash bcapodcast. And uh, we're also on Google Plus too. Just search bcapodcast and you can check us out. Um, oh, just a little quick reminder as well. You can win a Luke Hot Toys. Sadly, not you two. I know you both want to enter, uh, and I want to enter too. Uh, Luke Skywalker Hot Toys and uh, some Lego. Uh, and what else have we got? Some cool vintage figures from Dark Side Toys. I've really given away some Amalgus and Shivisla. Really hard to get stuff. So, yes. if, so, th so this is my official resignation. This is my last episode. <laughs> I will see you all later so that I can enter Fly Guys contests. Uh, yeah, we get some prizes. amazing stuff. Um, I, I mean, you could do a video, but it's a little unfair. But because uh, I would kind of be inclined to pick you, but not really. But um, <laughs> this is really good entries. Judges, no. I know it's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I like we enter all my contests. <laughs> 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 well, unfortunately, it's not really my contest. It's BBTS, Dogsy Toys, and Children Shop for me. So, uh, but uh, anyway, we're having a cool competition. And we've had some great entries and some really good reviewers out there. Some really good people with awesome collections have been sharing some videos. So we'll put the uh, playlist in the uh, show notes and you can check them out because it's all about them. It is. Awesome. I think we're done, chaps. Unless there's anything else you want to share or say, I think we'll, um, we shall be back for another uh, Boring Conversation Enemy number 46 next. And uh, I think that's us. So yup yup from me. Yup yup. May the force be with you. <laughs> Thanks for doing it, Jimmy. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Smuggler's Gambit, a new Star Wars audio adventure. Written and directed by Kyle Newman. Co-written by F.J. DeSanto. And produced by Jimmy Mack. Recorded live at Star Wars Celebration 6 in Orlando. Punch it, Joey! Smuggler's Gambit stars David Collins as Han Solo and features the talented cast of The Clone Wars, including Ashley Eckstein, Sam Witwer, Dee Bradley Baker, Tom Kane, Matthew Wood, Matt Lanter, Claire Grant, and Daniel Logan as Boba Fett. Hey, who's shooting at us? Leave us so soon, Solo. Shields, Chewie! I said shields, Chewie! 
Hear Smuggler's Gambit, a Han Solo adventure for free. And watch the behind-the-scenes video at StarWars.com slash Smuggler's Gambit. should have left after the Death Star, huh, Furface? That's StarWars.com slash Smuggler's Gambit. 